0: Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, with my beautiful wife and co host, Rebecca, we are going to talk about ghosts. We're going to talk about ghosts in the context of ghosts in real life versus ghosts on TV and in the movies. And that'll include uh, the Conjuring Universe and Ghostbusters. As well as those ghost hunting shows, are they doing uh, a service or disservice to the field? Uh, And uh, is that possibly making people believe less in ghosts than if we had done nothing at all? So we're going to go into all of that stuff. Uh, Today was a really mighty cold and gray and just one of those days where you needed to snuggle up with a blanket and get some hot cocoa. So we're calling this the... uh, Binky and Hot Cocoa edition of Surviving Empathy. And uh, for you guys uh, who don't know already, this show is all about the paranormal and mental health and robust living and trying to help regular people, regular struggling people, working class people to uh, get a leg up in the society. We talk about everything from politics to mental health to um, just energetically sensitive people. Uh, You may not consider yourself an empath, but that's okay. This show is about teaching people what that is all about and how we can find a voice and some strength and power and joy in this weird, weird world. And So that's what it's all about. So strap in, get yourself all comfortable and cozy, grab your binky and cocoa, and let's get started. Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy. And today I have my lovely wife with me, my co-host. You know her. You love her. She's the ghost with the most. Rebecca Russell, please say hello.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: So um, if you don't know by now, uh, we're all about talking about the paranormal and mental health. And uh, especially as it pertains to um, the struggling... Uh, regular working class people out there, and then we also uh, do a lot of stuff about empaths and energy and uh, what all that entails and what that's all about, and we're trying to separate uh, fact from fiction in a way that's still open-minded, and, but, uh, you know, just applying a skeptical approach to things, but in a way where we're not just poo-pooing everything that we don't understand, because that seems to be what happens nowadays, is the skeptics don't believe in anything and the believers believe in everything. And there's, I believe the truth probably is somewhere in between. But um, today, um, for the purposes of today, you know, I just, you know, because I have so much more coming in this season that it's going to be dark and deep and heavy duty topics. So today, really, because it's kind of a rainy, funky ass day, it's not quite rainy. It's just gray. I call that unproductive gray. And days like this, it just, it can easily bum you out. And so, uh, I just wanted to do an episode with my wife, with my co-host about fun stuff. And so we're going to talk about the paranormal. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, uh, movies, uh, horror movies and, uh, the difference between ghosts and movies and, and ghosts in real life. And then, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, PK energy and ectoplasm and if it's real. Uh, I want to talk about, um, the pioneers of, uh, the paranormal world, Ed and Lorraine Warren, because that kind of goes into the conjuring universe. And then, um, we'll talk about, uh, if we have time, uh, paranormal on TV and the differences between, uh, televised paranormal and real paranormal and whether or not, uh, they're being honest with us and things like that, you know. Um, and then, uh, we'll talk about the debate I watched. It was a YouTube debate, uh, it was a skeptic versus a ghost hunter and, uh, the topic was are ghosts real? And so I want to kind of go into that just a little bit. And then, um, if we have time, I want to go into the nature of energy and what are portals because I believe that energy and portals are sort of, uh, intermingled. They're kind of the the same thing and I'll go into that, um, and then um, the, my dearest uh, fan and friend, Idris, uh, was telling me about how she uh, believes that she's visited by uh, lingering spirits almost all the time, and so I wanted to go into that because, um, you know, frankly, I'm an empath and I sense a lot, but I don't have ghosts whispering in my ear all day, thankfully. Um, but I want to, that kind of brought me to an old um, theory I have about um, drugs and medications and mental illness and how they can all play a factor in seeing things and what came first, the chicken or the egg. Is it that when we're on certain medications, it activates a part of our brain in order to see that world better? Or are we just hallucinating? So I kind of want to go into that if we have time. Um, and then we'll just kind of, at, at the end, we'll wrap with, uh, what our beliefs of the paranormal are and how strong they are. And I can kind of go into my, uh, soft belief versus hard belief and, uh, hard disbelief versus soft disbelief, things like that. So anyway, we've got a packed show for you. But, um, really, I just wanted to start off by, um, you know, asking you, babe, Uh, about Halloween day, you had to work that day, and you dressed up as kind of a cute Jack Skellington. How did it go?
1: It was fun. It went really well. And I'm glad I made the decision to get my jacket tailored because I was actually comfortable all day (laughs) instead of feeling like a stuffed sausage in my jacket. Yeah. um, But it was fun. Usually we have a lot more kids come in during the day just wearing their costumes, and we didn't have very many this year, which was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. But... Some of my coworkers dressed up and we all just had fun with it. So it was a good day.
0: Good. Good. Um, did you, did anybody win anything? Or was there a contest? There
1: is a contest. They haven't announced it yet. Oh, okay. Um, first, second and third prizes, gift cards. Do you think,
0: so. you think you'll place? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. Yeah.
1: Toot my own horn.
0: Toot, yeah. Toot. Well, you look damn cute, you know, and I've showed you guys pictures on Instagram And uh, she looked super cute, especially the close-ups of her makeup. It looked really good. It was very adorable. And a lot of, uh, I could tell a lot of my guy friends on Facebook are like, hmm, I'd hit that, you know. But uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) it always Five minutes under the mask, though, that makeup was a little smeary.
0: Oh, I bet. I bet it was. Um, So good. I'm glad, you know, because Halloween for us is more than just a day. It's a season and it's kind of a lifestyle, and we, we wouldn't consider ourselves uh, goth or emo. We don't really consider ourselves dark souls per se, but um, but yes, I, you know, kind of like I was saying in the episode yesterday, is that uh, life is bittersweet, and you have to embrace the darkness with the light, and uh, you're just not going to get around the fact that life is dark, that there's struggle out there, that there's uh, violence and uh, crime, that there's people out there who uh, have zero concern for your life or life force. And uh, unfortunately, that's making for a very interesting, if not shitty way to live. And so we have to do everything within our power to uh, enjoy this life. And, and, and a lot of us, we think that we're not allowed to, um, you know, we're not allowed to 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 um think about dark things and we're not allowed to to think critically about things that are, you know, more negative. But like I said, you know, don't shoot the messenger. You know, life is all about uh learning and growing, and sometimes you can't do that until you've really mastered understanding what the truest nature of life is, and sometimes that's just admitting that shit's fucked up, you know? It is. We we all get older. We all uh, are are we all succumb to the forces of gravity and uh, physics, and uh, you know, and so life is very short. And so, uh, doing things that help your spirit, doing things that make you feel good, is where it's at. And so that kind of brings me into um, uh, our favorite uh, horror movies and our favorite genre. So. First of all, I wanted to ask you, you know, what is your favorite subgenre of horror and why? And I already know the answer, but <laughs> they don't, so go ahead.
1: They don't. Um Gothic horror and ghost stories. I just I love the feel of the it. Supernatural the supernatural type mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, especially ones that are set like Crimson Peak, we just rewatched, mm-hmm. kind of set in the Victorian era, just the whole the the gothic architecture and the wardrobes and just, yeah. it just sucks you in and it just goes so well with supernatural things and ghosts. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just, it's cozy. It makes me feel cozy. Yeah. I love it.
0: it just has that co- cozy up with some cocoa under a blanket feel. And I mm-hmm. think that's what it is for me, even in the summer where I'll be watching some horror movie and it's like, what are you watching that for? That just feels so odd energetically compared to, barbecues and sunshine and heat waves and all that. But for me, yeah, uh, there's a nostalgic factor and then there's, you know, kind of just a comfort factor. And um, I, I believe that um, when we, when we're fascinated by things like this, there's so many cool things to explore about it because I think it's all about life and death and what happens after we die. Who doesn't think about that stuff? I mean, if you don't, th- if you don't think about that stuff, you ain't thinking. Because yeah. and it's just... it
1: goes. A lot of the stories go into what happens mm-hmm. to the people that are left behind. Yeah, so that whole mindset of things. Too, sure, that it goes into.
0: Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I would have to say that my um, favorite subgenre is probably the supernatural as well. And while I think that sometimes it can get a little bit, uh you know, outrageous or, um, but there's a lot of concepts there that uh, are based on in reality and maybe they, you know, they hype it up for Hollywood and they uh, kind of crank the knob to 11 and rip the knob off. uh, So it can go a little far sometimes, but I like to um, take the concepts that are in those movies and sort of ask myself, is this a real thing? Because, you know, we were just watching uh, the conjuring three, the devil made me do it. And, uh, the cool thing, and I won't give too much away for you guys, but in the conjuring three, um, you know, they, the, the story starts off with an exorcism of a young boy. Uh, and then w- what happens is, is, um, we find out that, uh, the, the, father, the young father is like, give him to me, give him to me. Like, let me carry your burden, you know? And, uh, and then th- next thing we know, um, uh, the, the the possessions over it's just over with and he's like oh okay you know you know nothing else happens they're like oh okay we yay we're done the movie's over save the day <laughs> yeah and um and then later uh we come to find out that um that the demon didn't leave he just simply jumped bodies and so you know and that kind of goes into the whole like does a does a demon require a host and kind of goes into the exorcist, you know, what happened at the end there. And I want to talk about that a a little bit later, but, um, but the conjuring universe, I like it because I really, whether you think they're kooks or not, um, I believe they brought a lot of um, uh, legitimacy to uh, the paranormal world. They, they popularized uh, it in our, in our collective zeitgeist, you know, it's in pop culture. If it wasn't for um, uh, the Warrens, I, I don't believe that we would have all these movies. I don't believe that we would be so open nowadays to talking about the paranormal. And so, yeah, what do you think about the Warrens?
1: They definitely opened a lot of doors into bringing it more into the mainstream and making feel people feel like they could come forward with stories and there would be someone that would believe them mm-hmm. and see that they are telling the truth. Um yeah, they just seem very sincere. And I, I love how hmm. The Conjuring movies portrays their relationship because mm-hmm. I've heard that that's how they were in real life. They yeah. were just devoted to each other and they loved each other and they loved what they did.
0: Well, I especially love this third one because it it's the, the latest in the chapter and it's the latest in time where we actually start to see them turning into the uh, people we, we've we grown to love in real life because the first ones are kind of in the 60s where they were much younger. And so, in the third one, is really where we start to see them dress. Like uh, Lorraine is dressing the way she really dresses, yep. with the blouses and
1: her little uh, bows on her neck and her yeah. skirts. And, yeah,
0: and, yeah. And then Ed, of course, has a heart condition, and this is where we learn perhaps how he got that heart condition. And I understand that Hollywood takes liberties and all that, but uh, the basic stories themselves are said to be real. And in fact, uh, the the guy who was the uh uh who was the one oh oh so let me finish so what happened is is uh, the little boy in the movie um they they believe the exorcism is successful and life goes on tra la la and then um what happens is is um his father comes home sick one day
1: it was his sister's boyfriend it wasn't the father
0: oh okay okay well this is okay whatever it was but but so he comes home ill one day. He's not feeling well. He's not feeling right. And uh, they 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 ran a little kennel from their home. And um, and then next thing you know, he ended up stabbing his friend twenty three times, killing him. Um, and so of course he got arrested. And um, and then the Warrens step in to talk to the defender and to say you know, we believe that there is some sort of possession here. And she's like, no effing way am I going to go before a judge to talk about, you know, demon possession. And she says, well, if you come over to my house, uh, the war- the warrants say, well, if you come over to my house, we'd like to prove to you that this stuff is real. Um, and they didn't show any of that. But then the next scene, you see her before the judge saying, we'd like to... Um, uh, 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 plead non-guilty by reason of demonic possession and i was like dang (laughs) you know and what's cool is it's a true story and the guy um uh, in fact i saw him on instagram yesterday with ryan buell ryan buell met the real guy who this happened to so uh not to give it away but um let's just say uh you know, they they were able to take a murder charge and turn it into a manslaughter charge and he didn't get nearly as much time. And um, all because of the Warrens, all because of educating people on uh, things that most of us just kind of think is Hollywood that we laugh at. And so I kind of wanted to go into what is the difference between Hollywood and our, and, and reality when it comes to the paranormal? Because I think there's just so many... Uh, things that we uh, from Hollywood that sort of um, inform our senses about what the paranormal is and isn't. And so what do you think is like, what do you think Hollywood is getting right? And what do you believe that Hollywood is getting wrong?
1: The main thing they're getting wrong just for movie purposes is that everything is very much dramatized. Lots more things flying around, lots more noises, lots right. more lights flickering. Everything yeah. just is amplified to a thousand or eleven. Although,
0: although in some cases, and it's yeah. excruciatingly rare, yeah. um, couches get moved and things get thrown, mm-hmm. big, big, heavy items. But yes, I agree that, you it's know. It's just
1: not as consistently that dramatic uh, as Hollywood portrays it to be. Yeah. But the essence of things, I they get right because... At essence, are these at the core of it? Are these true stories that they're basing it on? Mm-hmm. So the core of it is is right.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, what do you think of the movie The Conjuring Three? Because I know it has mixed reviews. I believe that you know, I I, I believe that that our culture is just getting cynical, yes. and jaded,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so anything that doesn't blow you away is just mediocre by. By the the world's, you know, standards. And mm-hmm. so what did you think of the movie?
1: I really liked it. I like the whole conjuring universe. I know a mm-hmm. lot of people have problems with the different movies, but by and large, I love all of them. I just like the feel of it. I like the slow pacing. So you mm-hmm. kind of get immersed in the universe instead of just kind of having things thrown at you and you're there and you're not and you are.
0: Oh, I agree. I, I think just... that yeah, the best part of the exorcist is the slow build or the slow burn. Um uh, we're watching um uh, uh rocky four uh, sylvester stallone is making a um a, a director's cut of rocky four and the biggest thing that he has a problem with in that movie is that there's not enough drama the, it's just a sports movie and and the he
1: breathing room
0: yeah it has no breathing room it's just tightly edited and very little character development and bah, bah, bah. it's just beat 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 without a lot of breathing And the one thing he said is that in this director's cut, he really wants to make, let the movie breathe. And and you don't realize how much what happens in a movie, what affects the impact of that movie is not the thing that happens itself, the big bang or the big scare. It's that tension buildup to it. And if it's done right, it can really, really make a difference. Not only in, 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 the, the total scare factor, but also just um, a slow burn, just building up and creating a more realistic universe. Don't you think?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it brings the the humanity into it mm-hmm. and the way people would actually react to things and their re- interactions with each other. And it just, I love how it just kind of brings it all to life instead of just the overly dramatic stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I liked the movie. I, um, I liked you know, and I don't. You know, uh, spoiler alert. You know, if you guys haven't watched it yet, but um, what we come to find out in this one, and what makes this one different than the other two films, is that um, it's. We find out that there's a, a, a demonic possession, but we find out that it was caused by a human being. We caught. It was caused by a curse, and I'll say no more because I don't want to give it away. But um, I like the concept of. Um, a demon behaving differently based on a spell or a curse versus um doing something of their own free will it's almost mm-hmm. like they were they acted differently the 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 world and the universe building and the rules changed based on the fact that this this demon is being directed to do something by a very strong um necromancer if you will
1: mm-hmm. yeah it was just another level to it that you mm-hmm. usually don't see yeah so, yeah, I
0: liked that. Yeah, and I liked the way that the movie started off traditional, like, oh, here's a demon possession, and then tra-la-la, and then, oh, this other whole different story mm-hmm. develops out of that. And I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: I just love the whole universe. It's fun.
0: It is. It is fun. Absolutely. Um. Uh. Real quick, before we get off the subject of horror uh, subgenres, um, <clears throat> you know, when I was in the early 2000s, I was... You know, it's kind of like you, you take what they're giving you, you know. And so there was a lot of Saw movies and hostile movies and what we call uh, exploitation or torture porn, as it's known. Um, I, it, it's not really my thing anymore, but every once in a while, if it's done well, um, I'm, I'm like, oh, OK. You know, and so I just watched recently a movie called Terrifier, which is about Art the Clown. And uh, that comes from an anthology movie from uh, a movie called All Hallows Eve. And I have to tell you, you know, there are some fucked up, sickening gore in this movie. But because of the way it's done and the way they make this clown so weird and creepy, I was really quite surprised because I think, you know, because what it lacked in plot, because the plot is basically clown kills people the end you know (laughs) it wasn't deep in the story department but what it had was a real understanding of how to create a new iconic killer movie killer you know and so art the clown is unlike anything we've seen it's not quite like it it's not freddy krueger it's something different and um there's a few things that happen in that movie that people are like oh no way you know like for example um uh art the clown uh pulls out a gun at one point and people are like what you know that's cheating you know but the thing is is that art the clown is a psychopath and um i like the fact that his look is based off of sort of the french cirque de soleil look that's the mime mm-hmm. clown yeah um but but really when he pulls out the gun at first i was like nah that's cheating but see Here's the thing about a psychopath is that if someone's going to do some grisly crime, they're going to go out into the world and cause chaos, you know that most crazy people are cowards. And so what are they going to do uh, to protect themselves when they're in a no-win situation? They're gonna get an equalizer. Whatever it takes. Yeah, and so they're I like
1: following rules.
0: Right, and so I like the fact that when he's cornered, when he's got no other choice, he pulls out the gun. I was like, whoa, okay, that's different because I think that's true to the real world because that's what would happen to any psychopath who's, you know, like get on the fucking ground. You got SWAT all over him, and you know, and they've they've got a gun. You know, uh, I believe that any serial killer or any crazed lunatic would have some way of taking the easy way out because at the end of the day, isn't that what this story is all about? It's not just uh, glorifying the gore. It's about um, regular people being put in absolutely terrifying circumstances. And what we love about that, like, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that at the end, somebody who's deathly afraid at one point becomes, um, uh accustomed to their terror and then somehow finds the will and the strength to um, beat the odds and actually come out ahead and live in at the end and so not only does it help kind of serve as a um yay women thing but it also kind of um serves as a uh you know just a uh good versus evil and that the good can always uh reign supreme over evil you know what i mean so yeah you know terrifier is just one of those movies where it's like oh god that's fucking disgusting but it's done in a way that's i don't want to say campy but it's done in a way where you're it, it's not done so real that you're grossed out but it's done in a shocking way where it's like oh my god you know but it's kind of fun because it kind of you know, like, oh, wow, Art the Clown. It's this new, like, character that we can add to the annals of all these crazy characters in cinematic history. And I feel like they did it in a way that uh, is legit. And it's super low budge, and it's like, um, you know, like I said, the plot is barely existent, but it's still done in a way where the, the acting is well done, Um, But really what makes the movie is Art the Clown. Art the Clown is an unhinged psychopath. I mean, he doesn't just stab you. He starts sawing your ankle off. Like, it is so disturbing.
1: He is terrifying. And I didn't even watch the whole movie. I have no desire to see the whole movie. Oh, man. I know enough about it that there's parts I don't want to watch, but I've seen the parts that are... The type of horror that I like, the suspense mm. and the creepiness and the stuff that kind of just makes you go, ew. Yeah. So I've seen enough yeah. and I love, his character is great well, and I, I really, I love him. Right. And <laughs> what sucks. I, lo-
0: what I like about, you know, because I don't like torture porn. Um, Like I said, you know, when you're younger, you kind of get into it because you think that's what you want. And then you get older and you realize, you know, that's not really my cup of tea, especially as an empath. Is that you want things that have um, kinder, gentler sensibilities? And what I like about the supernatural genre is um, the drama in it, and I like the, that the characters that have class and you know finesse and you know it's you know because a lot of those torture porn movies like Saw, they're always a bunch of fucking sluts and dingleberries, and you're just like, oh, God, like why can't you create a character that we like? I, I don't understand why it's so hard to create good protagonists they don't have to be heroes like you know like the like you said the the lone girl at the end protagonist where you love her and you want to root for them like Mm -hmm. that's the best but if you're gonna make a a character why not make a character that people can relate to they always seem to make characters that people of people that are like so awful like so
1: and i don't know if that's because when they're doing that genre or that subgenre, they are disposable characters. Mm-hmm. But they make them so disposable that you really don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah. You like to have a little bit of character building so you care a little bit, have a little bit invested instead of just being so so right. disposable you really couldn't give two shits about it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like if you don't care at all, then there's no tension building. And so mm-hmm. what I liked about uh, Terrifier and and like I said, it's not my favorite movie, but in that genre I was, I, I was very impressed with the cinematography and the quality of not only just the technical quality of the, the lighting and direction and all that, but um, the characters were actually believable and not entirely um, like you didn't want them to die. You actually felt something mm-hmm. for them. And so, yeah, I was really impressed. and. Don't get me wrong. I mean, don't, don't think because I'm giving this a glowing review that you should all watch it because there's a part where a woman gets sawed in half with a hacksaw who's hanging and it is fucking disturbing, you guys. So don't think for a second that, oh, Brian says it's good. So it's good. And he's an empath. So it must be okay. No. <laughs> the only reason why I can deal with those kinds of things is because I know it's not real um like i have trouble as an empath seeing real violence um real scary things i can't watch 9-11 like i and i I don't mean the movie i mean Mm -hmm. the event yeah anything that happens in real life really disturbs me and and i know there's like a lot of paranormal channels uh and dark channels that do a lot of like real life stuff and some of it i can do like oh here's a picture of someone before their death kind of videos but when it's something where you're seeing somebody get hit by a train and that's not usually youtube stuff but i have seen things in the past where people get injured and it no i can't do it i just can't do it but um but yeah i mean terrifier for what it was was pretty darn good i even bought it like it was like five bucks like why not you know Mm -hmm. um and they're making a terror a, a, a terrifier too and uh yeah, like, I think the best part of it is, is just the, they developed a real, I don't want to say likable, but they developed a, a, a killer that uh just has, all, checks all the boxes and you really do feel like, holy shit, man, that.
1: He's is, iconic.
0: It's iconic. Right. Right. Exactly. Like I'm
1: thinking about looking for a terrifier, Art the Clown cross stitch pattern.
0: Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It's well done. It's well done. But, uh, anyways, um, segueing away from that. Um, oh, so did you like that third Conjuring movie?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed absolutely. it. Absolutely, I enjoy
0: it. Yeah, and and that's the thing about my wife and I is that um, not everything has to be super duper action packed, exciting. Like I like what you would call um, slow burn dramas and uh, oh yeah, okay. uh, movies that other people think are boring. Like, and I think that's where a lot of younger people may or may not appreciate older stuff because older stuff gives uh, movies time to breathe. You know, there's a setup. There's a beginning, middle, and end, but it's done in a way where you're getting to know these characters. You're getting to a sense of the atmosphere. When you can't build atmosphere, what the fuck is a point? It's superficial and it just doesn't,
1: doesn't interest me. And I think so many people these days are just so used to everything just being nonstop.
0: Mm -hmm. fast paced
1: action that anything that stops and makes them think they just can't deal with it
0: yeah exactly well yeah and and people nowadays are so cynical and jaded where it's like i've seen better of course you've seen better there's there's great fine art out there but like for me like so long as it checks the boxes and it's trying to do something innovative and it it feels creative and it feels cohesive like i can't stand movies that are done poorly just like when it's just not cohesive you know i mean i like b movies but i like b movies not because they're good but because they're so fucking bad i love mm-hmm. yeah. laughing at them and just joking about yeah. how fucking weird they are yeah you know but um but when it comes to good cinema yeah i just want a movie that uh is cohesive and has a good atmosphere it's like um you're hanging with these people you're hanging in this environment and you want that environment and these people to be uh, people that you would hang out with in real life. And if it doesn't feel real or if it doesn't feel like people you'd want to hang with, unless they're the antagonist and they're meant to get killed, you know um, why would you create a bunch of characters that nobody gives a fuck about? You know?
1: Yeah. It doesn't, you don't have any investment the character or the story or the movie and it's just kind of like okay it's done i don't care
0: exactly so moving on so that kind of segues me into um so anybody who's uh, you know following me on social media knows that i'm super excited about uh, uh ghostbusters afterlife um i am a ghostbusters mega super duper fan in fact when i was a kid uh when ghostbusters came out it was 1984 i was 10 years old and um i even converted uh my grandparents had a converted bedroom in a garage uh it was a smaller garage that was later expanded to a big garage and for a time i lived there but that's another story for another time but um it it turned into my ghostbusters club and what's funny is that i was i was literally 10 years old and we're talking 10 years old in the 80s you guys so kids were just innocent in those days. We didn't, you know, we didn't have internet and all this stuff to educate us. And so um I had this really cool, neat thing. It was made of cardboard and I decided to hang it on the wall and I was like, ooh, this is neat. It has a moon and a star and all these numbers and letters on it. And I didn't know at the time it was a fucking Ouija board. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, spirit board. Spirit board. Yeah, yeah. Trademark. trademark. Oh, I didn't say, print collar, print
0: collar. But um, yeah, it was interesting that, you know, I've been interested in this stuff since a very young age. And while I have had a handful of small experiences in my adulthood, um, mostly my childhood was, uh, fairly, um, uh, ghost free, you know, um, a couple little things, but most of that, I think if I'm looking back was probably just us and our imaginations going wild. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had a ghostbusters club and, um, i was the only member <laughs> i was an only child what are you gonna do um yeah my friends came over and played cards in there once in a while but you know we played go fish in there but but it wasn't like you know i i didn't think it through you know it was my ghostbusters club you know um right. but i love the movie and the reason why i believe that the first movie works so well is because even though there's a lot of um outlandish things that happen in it. And a lot of cartoony looking ghosts and things like that. Um, it's so grounded in New York city and the, the vibe and the feel of it plays itself serious. And so what really didn't work for me in the sequel or the remake is that it started becoming like a parody of itself. It started becoming cartoonish and, um, and, and, and unfortunately because of the popularity of the real Ghostbusters cartoon uh, they even made like, uh, Annie Potts character in the second Ghostbusters look more like, uh, Janine from the cartoon mm. where, cause I always, I was like, why is she that? Okay, well, you're entitled to dye your hair and you're entitled to, you know, go through different, um, uh, changes just for fun. But I could never understand why she went from this very no-nonsense intellectual in the first movie to this sort of bubbly, weird, uh, kind of, dum-dum in the second movie until I learned that the reason for that is that they were trying to make Ghostbusters 2, uh kind of like uh, make people happy because it felt more mm-hmm. like the cartoon because the cartoon yeah. blew up after the movie. And I remember it because I used to watch it. <laughs> so,
1: I don't remember watching it. I probably did because I watched all the cartoons that were out at the time. Yeah. But I don't well, have a memory of and it.
0: They call, and then there was another Ghostbusters cartoon. So then they had to change the name to the real Ghostbusters instead of Ghostbusters. Um, and then that became the real deal because the other one was like, eh, fuck that. And it was not It was not signed off by, uh, I think, Am MGM or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's funny is the little differences like um, Egon has white hair. It's like, what?
1: (laughs) He got real scared. His hair. turned. I guess so. Yeah. Maybe we,
0: there's something we don't know. He got, he had a bad, scary case happen. Um, But yeah, just all these little differences. And, you know, they, they did make uh, Peter Venkman's voice. Uh, The guy who did the voice in the real Ghostbusters was the same voice that did Garfield in the Garfield cartoons. And so a, and so then that makes sense why later you would get Bill Murray to do uh the voice of Garfield, Garfield in the Garfield movies because they had that similar kind of thing like this you know very low you know like just low and mellow and you know that worked for that character um, I don't know
1: Garfield maybe I don't know what Garfield Zombieland maybe reference. yeah Zombie Land where he's like <laughs> do you have
0: any regrets. Uh, Garfield, maybe,
1: <laughs>
0: but anyways, getting into uh ghostbusters afterlife um what do you think good and bad and indifferent about it? What's your impression?
1: I'm excited to see it. um I know a lot of people think that oh, Ghostbusters wasn't such a um a heartfelt nostalgic thing, but people have made it that way. And I think the movie is going to have mm. a lot of good homages to the original and. callbacks. Yeah. And I think it's, I, th- I think it looks really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think what they did, right. You know, you can say what you want about, uh, there is such a thing as taking, you know, some beloved movie that we love and then analyzing every little finite detail of what makes it great and then trying to recreate every little thing. And so then what you do is you end up adding too much significance to things that are insignificant. Mm -hmm. And then, so every little thing becomes its own nostalgic uh, nugget, you know, and you can overdo that. But I, I believe this will have just the right balance of uh, nostalgia and heart, um, but still grounded in reality. And, and the truth is, is that, you know, when Ghostbusters was made in 1984, or 83 when they were making it is that they wanted the movie. They've said that they want the movie because it was written by Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and, uh, Ivan Reitman. They wanted the movie to feel like a couple, bunch of New York city schlubs, like garbage mm-hmm. men yeah. or exterminators. Yeah. They want them to feel like schlubs. And that's why you'll see a lot of scenes with them, like with cigarettes hanging, dangling, you know, and they kind of like, you know, You've, you know, uh, he's like, how do I look? He's like, you have looked better. You didn't always look this way. You know, all that little dialogue that kind mm-hmm. of um, kind of uh, accentuates the schlubbiness of it all. Mm-hmm. And we don't notice that because we love the characters so much. And we hold them up on this pedestal that we forget that they're just these, like, kind of schlubs. Like, they...
1: They're schlubs with degrees.
0: But they're schlubs with degrees. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought they bounced it really well because they took the outlandish uh but put it in such a realistic new york city environment that felt so like grounded that even the characters were grounded so by so by the by the time all the weird crazy shit happens um it's excusable because it's happening within this real world that they've Mm -hmm. established and that's what makes it so good is that I think the ghostbusters, you know, I have nothing against female ghostbusters. And I think that's the consensus nowadays is everybody, uh, you know, likes to crap on it because of some people think it's because it was ladies, uh, being ghostbusters. But I honestly, I mean, yes, of course, there's always going to be that fucking Fox news, you know, he, man, woman, hater bullshit out mm-hmm. there. But, uh, sorry if you're conservative, I'm not trying to lump y'all into one thing, but, um, but there's a lot of, you know, uh, racial hate and sexism going on in our culture nowadays. And that's, of course, gets all the media attention. But what, but truthfully, the reason why the movie um, didn't really do better is because it didn't establish these women as being credible. They were silly. It was like a bunch of comedians trying to out Uh, do each other exactly
1: what it felt like
0: yeah Yeah, and it just felt like a bunch of outtakes strung together Mm -hmm. and while there's a couple parts in it that do make me honestly chuckle because i own it and i'll even watch it from time to time um the truth is the favorite my favorite part is patty
1: yeah she's hilarious
0: i don't know if this (laughs) is a woman thing or a black thing but i'm mad as hell (laughs) like (laughs) that is fucking funny i don't care who you are but yeah the movie you know it's just too cartoonish um, I think the story was fine. Um, I don't mind that there was like this disgruntled guy who was trying to get you know you know destroy the world and blah 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 in a supernatural way but yeah, as far as like this new movie, I like the fact that they're taking the lore of the original movie Yvonne Shandor um uh, just you know the building in the background um and then taking Yvonne Shandor, who's the wealthy guy who, built this uh, gigantic uh, skyscraper to pull in PK energy. And that is a fascinating concept. And so Mm -hmm. then that takes place in uh, Oklahoma where the mines are, where they mined the actual ore for that building. That is a cool connection. That is is. really cool.
1: Um,
0: I think the only part for me that really I'm not too sure about, even though it is kind of cute and funny is uh the mini stay puffed marshmallow men?
1: Yeah, it's pretty cheesy.
0: It's pretty bad,
1: but it's cute.
0: It's cute and I'm sure so it's, it's it's very it's probably a very marketing, small marketing
1: merchandising. Well,
0: yes, and you got to have that, you know, for money's sake. But that is the part that worries me the most is that they're going to try to, you know, like Star Wars, like, "Oh, look, it's cute and fuzzy shit for fucking kids. Here you go." Yeah. Like I'm really concerned about that. Um, but that being said, I have no problem. Um, I, I think it's a really beautiful thing that, A, it's being directed by Ivan Reitman's son, who was actually in Ghostbusters 2. He played that little kid at the beginning, the birthday boy.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Um,
0: he's like, my, my dad says you're full of shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I like that it's kind of a... Some people call it nepotism. I, I call it... Um, Y'all fucked it up, and I'm going to do right by my father. And I think that's a cool thing. Um, And I have nothing against the ladies uh, in the Ghostbusters reboot. Um, I still watch them. I still love them. They Um, just
1: let it breathe a little bit more. Because the original was funny because it had funny moments that felt organic. And mm -hmm. that one just felt like, here, be funny. Yeah. They were just trying to be funny the whole time, and it just felt too forced. It didn't feel realistic. uh,
0: Especially when you have characters that... um, you know, it would have been okay if uh, what's her name, the the, the zaniest of, her, of the bunch, the the lady in real life. She's SNL. Uh,
1: I can picture her. I can't think of. Anyways, her like name? if they
0: if she if they had had one character that was the crazy zany one, and all the other characters were grounded because I mean, two of them had PhDs,
1: mm-hmm. and the
0: two yeah. girls with the PhDs. Um, we're like the silliest of the bunch and you can't do that. If you have a PhD yeah. and you're going for tenure and all this stuff at a university, you can show that she has insecurities. You can show that she's got this weird uh, fascination with the ghosts and that's, what's kind of tanking her career. All that is fine, mm-hmm. but you have to ground their mannerisms when they act yeah. like a bunch of fucking sillies it's like, Oh God, what are you doing? You know, like, Mm -hmm. and I like them as actresses, all of them. They're great. They're funny. But, um, you know, Paul Feig, you know, he does great comedy. Um, but the whole project was doomed from the start because it was just a, like I said, a bunch of, uh, just a bunch of, um, uh, uh, just like, go, go, go be funny, go be crazy. And then we'll just edit it together and make a movie. And then at the end, the third act, you know, you'll kick a bunch of ass. The end, it's like, ugh. And then what they yeah. did with uh, Chris Hemsworth character,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it I was, was like, there's dumb, but Jesus Christ, yeah, come exactly. on. And,
1: and the thing is, he's actually, he's very funny and he can do oh, yeah. real good comedic work, but they just made it stupid, yeah. stupid funny.
0: Too dumb stupid, to be funny. funny. It was yeah. just like, really? Like he was wearing glasses and he has no lenses in it or uh, some of the things that he would say. It was like, nobody's that dumb. Because dumb people don't know they're dumb. Like, just because you're dumb doesn't mean that you don't wear lenses in your glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. But I will say, Chris Hemsworth is so good that he took a really bad role and turned it into s- at least something. Mm -hmm. like there's a few scenes where he did something with it and i'll give him credit for that and you know and i I still watch it but it's yeah i would have really loved just to see these ladies in a situation where it felt grounded like the first movie where you really believe that these people are doing what they're doing and you really truly believe there's a threat when you when you when you don't believe there's a true threat and you don't believe that the the universe is real um it doesn't matter how funny it is at that point, you know? Cause like if you took the original ghostbusters and just, you know, cranked up uh, bill Murray to 11 and cranked up Dan Aykroyd to 11 and just made it a funny ha ha fest. um, What really makes the first movie great is um, yes, there are scenes where um, Peter Venkman, Bill Murray uh, are a little funny, but he was the wild character. He was the, the wild card. Um, Whereas uh, Harold Ramis, character, Egon, he was more of the uh, straight man. Of course, he didn't Mm -hmm. he was funny just based on the fact that
1: by being sarcastic and dry. Right. Personality. Yeah.
0: And just and just being the, the, the real scientist amongst all this craziness. And then I liked Ray's character, Dan Aykroyd, because he was he was the kid in all of us. He was the pure soul. He was pure of heart, and of course, um, I like I like uh, uh, Ernie Hudson. So you know, like mm-hmm. um, I don't like what they did with him in the second movie because they shaved his mustache and no no longer was he working class. Like I love the fact that he was just a schlub just looking a for a job, dude
1: looking for a job. Yeah, exactly. it's like
0: yep. like Get pulled do
1: you- into this fantastical stuff that he had no idea even existed probably
0: i have seen shit that'll turn you white (laughs) and that look where he's like (laughs) great stuff great stuff but anyways yeah so i I believe that uh you know ghostbusters afterlife yes there's gonna be parts that are cringeworthy for the mega Mm -hmm. fans out there and yes it's probably gonna have some cgi elements that are gonna not feel as grounded as the first one but That being said, um, if you take the original Ghostbusters and you take Ghostbusters 2016 and you take the CGI elements of that and you take the grounded realism of the first one and you sort of, uh, blend it, it's probably what we're going to get. I think we're Mm going to get a little bit of cutesy. We're going to get a little bit of fan service. We're going to probably get a little more, uh, nostalgic, you know, nods, Easter eggs, a little more than I'm comfortable with. Um, and, and yeah, while it is funny with the, uh, mini stay puff marshmallow man, especially the one committing suicide, and making a s'mores out of himself, <laughs> that was pretty cute. Um, but what, what I think the movie has going for it is heart because it's a super mega homage to Harold Ramis, who mm-hmm. we lost, of course. And I think that's going to sell really big. And I think there's going to be a lot of heart. And the, the fact that, um, they took the story in a whole new direction. It's not just for adults anymore. It's these kids who discover this stuff uh, in this town and um, they don't believe in themselves. And then through uh, YouTube and all the sources that we would find information, um, the girl learns about her um, father,
1: grandfather, grandfather Grand. yes, grandfather,
0: mm-hmm. uh, Egon Spangler. And, um, and then through that, we just, you know, it opens up this, this world where it kind of rehashes the past, but in a way that's fresh, and um, I don't know. Like, what do you think of the CGI? Like, there's that CGI ghost that they're chasing that is Slimer-like. Yeah, I,
1: I did cringe a little when I saw that. A little bit. Not. Yeah, not my favorite, but
0: but it seems to be very much in line with the first one, and if mm-hmm. it's done sparingly, yeah, it, it just exactly. might work. So yeah. we'll see what happens yeah, with that. I'm
1: looking forward to it. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Fun. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. I'm going to look at my ghost, babe, sing him a song and dance.
1: I don't do that anymore. I used to <laughs> dance. I never sing. So,
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, and I wanted to tie that to, um, so I have written here, uh, Tennessee Wraith chasers, ghost asylum. So, um, if you don't know, uh, so, so we wanted to get into uh, how Hollywood has changed our beliefs about, uh, you know, the the, the paranormal world. Um, but we wanted to see what the similarities and differences are between Hollywood and TV and TV and real paranormal phenomenon. Right. And so um, I got to thinking about when I was thinking of Ghostbusters, I was thinking about uh, Ghost Asylum. And of course there's that guy, he's like Mr. Beefcake, he's like greased up bodybuilder dude. God, that that dude.
1: Ugh. We're starting shooting, grease me up. Grease me up! Cut off my sleeves. <laughs> he, probably,
0: he probably he <laughs> probably greases himself up with ectoplasm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or Crisco. <laughs>
0: or, or that slime, the Slimer Slime. Right. <laughs> Crisco. <laughs> oh, but anyways, but it got me thinking about that episode of... Uh, of Ghost Asylum, where um, they actually built a ghost containment box, and it's supposed said to have catch ghosts. Yeah, and I, I don't believe that you could in real life contain a ghost, because, no. you know, it's like ants; that they, they just find ways, dude. They find ways of getting out. You know, <laughs> they're gonna find if they can turn themselves into an orb. they and plus they can go through walls. So unless mm-hmm. you can find a containment field that is, you know, scientifically proven to keep I them I from could, going through I could stuff, believe
1: some very scientifically minded person like Egon maybe could think of something, but not these guys. You're right. Not these guys from Tennessee. Yeah.
0: Bunch of Tennessee <laughs> fucking hillbillies, you know, and nothing against Tennessee and nothing against like good old boys. You know, um, I, I think that's what makes the show actually almost palatable is these good old boys like, Yeah, we're the Tennessee way chasers. We're going to like, okay. All right. I'm (laughs) on board, dude. Let's go. Um, but yeah, having the intellect to actually contain ghosts. No, probably not. Um, but, um, but it's fun nonetheless, but Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, um, what, what do you think, um, uh, Hollywood and TV got right. And, and when I say TV, I'm including, um, ghost hunting shows, Uh, What do they get right? What are they getting wrong? And what, what, I don't know. What what are your thoughts about all that?
1: They get it right by setting the right atmosphere to make Mm. the feel right. Except when Ghost Adventures, let's go pitch black so you can't see anything, which does Mm -hmm. not make any sense to me. Um, That's always bugged me. Yeah. Like, Like, how are you going to see? You're seeing through a
0: two-inch viewfinder when all you have to do is turn on a single light.
1: A little light in the next room, and then you'll have. Well, I'll have some contrast. And this is
0: just a theory, but I believe you can see ghosts best in um, indirect, dark, ambient mm-hmm. light. Yeah. Because Absolutely. I believe that um, when you see shadows, when you see ethereal things, I believe that too much light would probably drown it out
1: mm-hmm. and not
0: enough light. Like, why bother showing yourself at they all? they
1: always say, like, oh, it's blacker than the black that's there. Well, how... How do you Hell, know that if it's pitch even, black? If it's pitch black, right. there's another shade deeper than that. Yeah. I just, but yeah, when it's the ambient light, that you can see coming from three rooms over and it leaves the shadows and the there's, so you can actually see something, but yeah. it's not blaringly bright. Yeah. I think that's the best.
0: I, I think the best thing to do would to be the, to use the night vision, um, mm-hmm. but to like maybe candlelight, you know, like 30 lumens, just, just a little mm-hmm. bit of light so you can move around. You're not tripping on shit.
1: I never yeah, understood that I me neither. It's, it's like just really doesn't even doesn't make sense to me, yeah, and it just makes it more dangerous. You're in this environment you don't know, can't see anything. Mm-hmm. God knows what's on the ground or wake can trip over or run into, or well, and
0: it doesn't even make it better t v because watching Zach Bagan's fumble about like a fucking moron, I don't understand why you would want to do that. like they're all dressed up in black, they're all wearing <laughs> combat boots. And they're all looking like they're senior badasses. But then when they're in that situation, they're always fumbling about like weirdos. It's like, what are
1: you doing? I don't get (laughs) it. Turn on a light. Turn on a light. (laughs) Light a candle. (laughs) Light a match. I don't know.
0: I don't know. But so what do you think they're getting right? Ghost Hunters, Ghost Adventures, all the big shows. What do you think they're getting right?
1: They're. They, with the equipment and things, and it it makes sense how things would work, and the way that they, all the, they go on ad nauseum explaining how things work because mm-hmm. every episode they have to mm-hmm. introduce the newbies. Um. Yeah,
0: I think they get the tech right. Mm-hmm. I think they get the cameras right. I think you should have a um, a bunch of uh, static cameras that are in one place to catch things that might that show might up when you're not, there. and then to have cameras that are moving about. And then having um, uh, REM pods because uh, mm-hmm. REM pods uh, pick up on uh, magnetism and magnetic uh, energies, so I think they're getting that right. So I think they're getting a lot of the tech right. Um, and the fact
1: that most places and most most shows will go and actually research and do the into the history of mm-hmm. the towns or the houses or the areas, so that yeah that adds to it. And I think that's something that they're doing, right?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know? um, Yeah. You know, I've actually learned quite a lot from watching ghost hunters. Um, One thing I've learned is that uh, Jason Hawes does not believe in orbs. Um, I don't know if Grant does or not, but
1: he's never really said, I don't
0: think I, I, we've seen shows on ghost adventures where there's been phenomenon. And then we've seen literal orbs and they don't, they don't even say anything like, didn't they? Or or on ghost, ghost Mm -hmm. adventures.
1: Ghost hunters. No, no. I remember one with Dustin. True. Well, both. That's why I said both. Yeah. 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 They just completely, they ignore that
0: evidence as if this, and that tells me that they have editors. So even though they are going over the evidence, When you see corroborating evidence, that builds a stronger case for me and for the case itself. And so, yeah, I just don't understand why you wouldn't believe that um, ghosts would travel in the least energetic form possible, which would be like a little teeny tiny speck of light. Mm -hmm. And then it shows up as a light because energy is light. Energy is you know, yeah. photonic energy well, and they're when always stored talking is talking about life.
1: corroborating evidence. Mm-hmm. And when you see them talking about something that they hear or they see and then you see an orb floating by and they just completely pretend that it's not there, it's yeah. actual more corroborating evidence right. that make it more yeah more realistic and believable.
0: Yeah, I like I like the fact when these shows turn off all the electricity, they shut off the breakers um, they, they run what's called the baseline around mm. the whole house, making sure that there's no, um, fear cages, which mm-hmm. is like when you have, uh, too much, uh, electromagnetic energy or electric electronics around you that are. Um, that can actually make you feel anxious and make you have headaches. Uh, That's very common in like basement situations Mm -hmm. where you might have all the electronics or all the wiring and such above above you. And that can create what's called a fear cage and a fear cage can make you have false readings. Mm -hmm. Um, Also when they, uh, you know, rule out things like uh, carbon monoxide poisoning. Uh, So carbon monoxide can make you hallucinate and make you have, paranoid thoughts and so yeah Mm -hmm. so when they rule out all that and they're using sound science it's like yeah great because i've seen a lot of episodes where they did it right you know the the saint augustine lighthouse where they have the moving rocking chair uh you've got the, the the figures looking over the banister from up above um my best and favorite evidence is when they catch um class a evps or something moving where there's just no other way they could have done it. Um, and I know a lot of people think, Oh, strings and stuff, but I know a lot of people think that stuff is fake. I just don't believe that to be true because I know that like Zach Bagen's got caught chucking a rock once and that is problematic. It's yeah. very right. problematic, but, um, but I do believe the vast majority of these shows, uh, or at least trying to do it right. um, I know that uh, Bill Chapel. Bill Chapel makes all of the, the like the ovulus and the ovulus two. He's the one. He's the guy that built all this stuff. Um, and then there's that um, that one that shows like the stick figures.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I'm not a huge believer in that, but if it coincides with other things, like on um, uh, the Ghosts of Carmel, Maine, they use it. And a lot of times that by itself wouldn't be that compelling. But then when you have other things happening in conjunction with it, it's like, Oh, okay. Uh, especially if you say, Hey, dance for me. And then all of a sudden it starts doing a tap dance or some kind Mm -hmm. of jig. You're like, Oh, okay. uh." Yeah. It's like, you know, so I, I do believe that it can, can just like EVPs, especially when EVPs are answering questions, uh, that can be pretty compelling stuff. But, um, all in all, I think we're just becoming a very cynical society and, you know, uh, I know that we should all be skeptical, but cynical is another thing Mm because skepticism is just a healthy respect for what's real. Cynicism is moving into hateful territory where uh, you just automatically don't believe because because it makes you feel and look cooler to not believe. Mm -hmm. And I just find that. Going too far.
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, yeah, just completely ignoring everything because saying everything is fake, no matter what.
0: Yeah, exactly. Boring way to be. Exactly. Yeah. So that and that's what this is all about. You know, a lot of these are thought experiments, and uh, that goes into my belief system. So I believe that uh, you can be a soft believer, a hard believer a soft disbeliever and a hard disbeliever. And so I always assign everything based on that. Uh, given my life experience, I try to take every factor into that. And so when it comes to ghosts, yes, I am a soft believer. Um, we have no hard evidence. Um, uh, when it comes to God, I'm a soft disbeliever because I want God to be real. And I believe the concept of a omniscient uh, energy force that runs and the entire universe is, is plausible. um, But I have no hard evidence against it. And so I can't say, Oh yes. Uh, But when it comes to like um, uh, the Loch Ness monster, I'm a, uh, a hard disbeliever, but I do believe that in some places like in Sweden, there are old ancient uh, reptilian uh, Mm -hmm. aquatic dinosaurs who still yeah. exist and there might not be a lot of them. And so it's not that I don't believe in uh, those things. It's just that in that particular instance, I don't necessarily believe. And so, yeah, it's just, you know, I think you have to have a healthy skepticism, but, um, but, you know, like we were watching that show with the skeptical show where this girl calls in and uh, is trying to convince uh, Matt that uh, this light bulb manifested with her boyfriend behind the pillow and it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. And then when they started asking, you know, questions, she started getting angry. She started crying. She started. And and because she lost that boyfriend, that husband or whatever, um, she started getting like very personally attacked by it. And so they had to back up and go, mm-hmm. we're not trying to shit on his legacy. We're not trying to shit on his memory and your memory. We're just saying that how can, you know, light bulbs come of come out of nowhere. And, um, you know, I have a story for that. Uh, when I was a kid and I have no explanation for this, it could have been that I wasn't paying good attention. You know, that's the thing. But when I was a kid, um, I was handed a bunch of quarters from my mom at Chuck E. Cheese on my 10th birthday to go play video games. <clears throat> and I, I was, I sucked at video games. So I was like, chunk, 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 you know, a couple hours later, um, I would have like two quarters in my pocket And they would be gone. And then I would just end up with quarters in my pocket. And that happened like three or four times where I was like, I knew I was out of quarters. (laughs) I checked my pocket, you know, was somebody slipping quarters in my pocket? (laughs) My mom is not that clever, you know, but, um, you know, uh, were my friends doing it? I don't know, but, um, I doubt it because I think I would have noticed, but, um, just little things like that, where it's just little things in the world that, um, uh, break the laws of logic and reason and break the laws of physics. But um, but everybody seems to have at least one story where something happens that defies all the laws of logic and reason. What do you think?
1: We had that happen in the room a couple of years ago. It was, it was a phone charger or something that we had looked high and low for. We looked in all the drawers. We looked behind stuff. We looked everywhere. And then suddenly we looked over and it's sitting there.
0: In plain sight. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. In plain yes. sight.
0: Yeah. So. I, yeah. You know, and I'm not going to make any, uh, you know, decisive, like, oh, I believe or don't believe. I just think that, see, when it comes to this world, um, there might be portals. There might be singularities. There might be energy rifts. There might be little subtle changes in time and space and the laws of physics that, you uh, create these things. I mean, you you see those videos on YouTube where there's like birds or airplanes standing still and there's mm-hmm. no way that, Yeah. and you know it's, you know, unless it's all done through computer graphics, but there's a lot of things in this world where, you know, we just don't understand what's going on there. And are we in a simulation? I tend to believe no, but maybe the laws of physics change sometimes. And that's where we mm-hmm. get, Portals to perhaps an ethereal plane or perhaps where there's a portal to an alternate dimension I know we were watching that one episode of uh what's that show paranormal uh, you know the sound the <laughs> <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> they make the sound effect the <laughs> yes. oh my gosh um, uh anyways one of that those one. darn but- shows. <laughs> Um, I can picture it and, and a guy a and a guy was talking about like these interdimensional creatures that were coming out of his closet and mm-hmm. he's like, I don't believe in this stuff, but there it was, you know, <laughs> but, it's kind of like the quote, like, uh, I don't believe in vampires, but I know what the fuck I saw. And those were fucking vampires, <laughs> <laughs> uh, George Clooney and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, from dust, dust till dawn. dawn. But yep. yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the thing, you know, like, We here at the podcast, we try very hard to be uh, skeptical, reasonable people, um, but, you know, uh, the skeptical community uh, and science demands repeatable evidence. And so can we repeat all this evidence? No. And And so
1: they demand repeatable evidence on demand,
0: on demand even. Right. Right. And um, there's just a lot of things we're not going to probably ever understand Um, But some people, you know, and those people might be called pagans, Wiccans, spiritualists, uh, etc., warlocks, witches, etc., they live in a world where they come to depend on the undependable. And, um, you know, they say energy is intention, so maybe a curse or a hex is just somebody's intention on somebody else that manifests in a way because the belief is so strong that it happens. I'm not saying it's real, but who knows? I mean, you know, that's why we explore this stuff because we want to go from, I don't think we're ever, you know, because there's not, a, there's no money in the science. We're not going to have mm-hmm. billions of dollars of scientists trying to prove the existence of PK energy or prove the existence of uh, the supernatural or whatnot. But, but um, I believe um through what we see and what we gather, um, we can continue to learn maybe to just find out how deep, uh, the rabbit hole goes, you know, cause yeah, it's who knows.
1: It's fascinating. It's fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. So, uh, I'm going to go over my list one more time because I've got a few other things that I want to talk about, but we may not have time. Um, Oh, 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 just real quick. Um, uh so i was able to get a hold of kent from ghost of carmel maine and uh he's like hey yeah i'll feature your uh podcast on my website and blah 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 and and he did and he's like but i'm going to wait and do it to do it uh during a time where nuke's top 5 is premiering one of my videos and that way it drives more traffic to me and therefore you'll get the maximum benefit thereof and all that and i thought that was so freaking thoughtful of him to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Turns out nothing really came of it. (laughs) Nothing really came of it. You know, that's the thing sink or swim, you know, it's the real world. You can never, you can plan all you want, but you never know if it's really going to help or not. But uh, I was so grateful for Kent just being so nice to me. And, and I feel like, like if I talk to him, um, he sees me now as somebody who is a legitimate part of the uh, paranormal community um, and who takes this stuff seriously enough where, um, you know, he knows that he can, I can be trusted. And that Mm -hmm. is a good feeling.
1: It is. Absolutely. You
0: know, I want to see how long we can have a awkward (laughs) silence.
1: I'll stay here forever. (laughs) So, um,
0: so I have here, Uh, uh, changing your brain chemistry through meds or mental illness and its effect on seeing paranormal phenomenon. Uh, This is kind of uh, brought up because of our super fan uh, Idris. Um, Idris believes that she um, uh, is surrounded by spirits. And I believe we all are to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't sense them in my vicinity, but I do believe that they're out there. Um, and I actually have a, a kind of a a book that I want to write that it's just in, you know, it's not, it's not going anywhere, but it's just, it's in my noggin And it's about like, uh, methods and tweakers who, uh, live in a haunted house and, and their, um, meth use, um, makes them speed up. And so they speed up to the frequency of ghosts. And so they're seeing ghosts all the time. And so it's just kind of a, uh, the whole thing exists kind of uh, on this theory that if you speed yourself up, your um, particles speed up. And because you speed up, you speed up to the vib- the natural vibration of ghosts. And so a lot of people believe that ghosts, um, they vibrate at a certain register. And that's why when uh, EVPs happen, a lot of times they sound very quick. And if you slow mm-hmm. them down, you like then,
1: yeah,
0: you actually or... hear them. And so, so it's just a theory and and really in science, you can only run off of theories until you have more concrete mm-hmm. evidence. But yeah, I mean, um, I'm going to probably do an entire topic about that because it is worth exploring. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> maybe I'll talk to Idris about it. Uh, maybe I'll have her on the show even um, we'll see, but uh, very fascinating stuff. But Uh, That's really all I have, other than uh, I just wanted to ask you, uh, what is your belief in the paranormal, and why do you believe that it isn't more common, and why do you believe that we live in a world where there is such a um, huge, um, just, you know, a lot of non-believers and a lot of skepticism and cynicism. Why is there so much cynicism about things that uh we can't prove outright
1: i just think so many people are just so serious and they take themselves so seriously they take everything so seriously they don't have joy and fun and yeah. inquisitiveness in their nature yeah, They're just everything cut and dried, black and white. There's no room for anything extra. Right. They don't want to leave any room for it. They don't care. Well, They're not interested.
0: And when it comes to science, I believe you should be that way. But when it comes to life, yeah, I believe that the world is just growing uh, so cynical and jaded. Our jobs, our lives, we're becoming very um, uh, tribal. You know, left versus right, rich versus poor, black versus white, gay versus straight. It's like, who the fuck cares, man? Do do these people not know that variety is the spice no, of life?
1: They don't. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And yeah, and I think for me... Because the world feels so serious and work feels so serious, I have to have that outlet. I want something that's that's lighthearted and fun and interesting. Well, yeah. I don't want to be stuck in real life all the time.
0: Well, yeah. And I don't want to be someone who believes in stuff just because it's fun. No,
1: not But
0: I want to be open-minded enough to say, I'm not going to just outright dismiss stuff because I would love to take all these uh, skeptics and non-believers and put them in a fucked up haunted house Mm -hmm. not once not twice but over the course of months and or years Mm -hmm. and see if i could change their mind because that's what i love about kent is that kent bought the house because he's like haunting that's hogwash you know and then over the course of years now he's a ghost hunter (laughs)
1: right yeah (laughs) you know because
0: it will sway your Mm -hmm. you know and that's the thing is um the reason why i'm a believer in in uh the paranormal and ghosts and things is because a, as an empath, I understand the dynamics of energy. I think better than most, um, because I have to, I, I, I have to, because I sense these, uh, energies. Um, and I understand the dynamics of energy and dissipation and vibes and things like that. Um, but I also, um, because I don't believe just cause I want to believe, um, I want to believe in God. And yet I don't, because I don't believe we have enough evidence. That doesn't mean that I don't believe that the universe is inherently powerful and strong and perhaps has some form of sentience to it. But that's not what the Bible talks about. Mm-hmm. I would love to assign God to that, but um, <clears throat> the Bible does not talk about any of that stuff. It talks about these guys in robes and talks mm-hmm. about all these very specific things. And and if those things were included, I would be much more likely to believe And I and I'm not cynical. I'm not, I'm not hateful about it. I, I respect people's beliefs. In fact, Kent Kent from uh, Ghost of Carmel, Maine is a Christian. So, you know, I'm not a hater of religion. I, I'm simply, I'm somebody who believes that when you start believing in untrue things, it can start making you believe in dangerous, untrue things. And that's all it's about is, make you know, because... I know Matt Dillahunty talks about that a lot. And he's like, <clears throat> but he's like, if you believe in things that aren't true, what's to, to make you not believe in other things that aren't true? Well, it's called my brain mad. And, um, <laughs> believe it or not, I've got one just like you, you know, but, yeah. um, but anyway, yeah, just, you know, um, I find the whole subject matter really fascinating. And, uh, it, it's just one of those things, you know, um, I know, you know, Hollywood puts a lot of, uh, thoughts into our head about it. And, uh, the ghost shows uh, sometimes do more harm than good because uh, if they catch somebody faking, oh shit, <clears throat> you know that sets us back years. One person
1: fakes, they're all faking.
0: Right? Yeah, exactly. And um, but I do believe that most of them are doing pretty good work. Um, and that's the thing about hauntings is that it's incredibly rare. The reason why you don't believe in ghosts is because there aren't ghosts in your house. If you were in a haunted environment. It might change your belief. And how many people are like Franco TV who go out to cemeteries all the time? Very few Mm -hmm. people even leave their house at night.
1: I've never been to a cemetery at night.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I used to, but I don't anymore. Um, But yeah, I think that you have to go outside of your own comfort zone. You have to go outside of your own uh, thinking. And you have to get out of your own fucking house. I mean, the people who don't believe in all this shit, never leave their fucking house. Like, of course you don't believe in shit because you're in a house that has no ghosts. And so of course you're going to believe that none of this is real. Um, I would love just to have, like, I would love to take like that whole um, atheist community and just bring them all to the, the lamb house or take them all to Loma Linda hospital or take them all to the mm-hmm. death tunnel. Yeah. And, and just over the course of several, several sessions so that it's not because you could have one night where nothing happens. Like, see, I told you.
1: Yeah, that you happens know. a lot. So yeah. yeah, it'd have to be multiple, multiple occasions. Yeah.
0: And I don't know what I believe in and to what extent I believe in it. You know, I don't believe in all of it, but I do know like like that atheist debate, whether or not ghosts are real. Well, here's the, the criteria. There's nothing or there's something. And so in order to prove that there's something, I think that's not a really high bar to clear because if you're in a room and nothing happens and months and months go by and nothing happens, guess what? There's no ghost. But if you're in a room where things are happening, even no matter how small they are, no matter how um, quiet it is, if you can prove something beyond nothing, guess what, folks? Ghosts are real, you know, yeah. and that's why we explore this um, because we want to understand that phenomenon. I mean, do they come and go or maybe they're just so energetically weak that they require us to be there to um, draw the, our, their energy through us or through mm-hmm. our technology? Uh, perhaps, you know, I, I kind of see it like this. I see it like uh, like um, you could you could live in an old wood house. Where the the homeowner was a cigar smoker or a pipe smoker, right? And you don't smell it most of the time, but then every so often uh, you get that whiff. you're like, "Ah oh, I smell that cherry from the from the tobacco, And that is a physical phenomenon. that's where um, perhaps the humidity and the heat uh, open up the grains of the wood to release these smells that have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and who's to say that it's not doing the same thing for ghosts? that certain conditions are actually activating and opening up these lingering energies, just like this lingering smoke. You know?
1: I like that idea. Yeah. That's what, that's how I think of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The conditions have to be right.
0: Yeah. The conditions have to be right. Exactly. And so, yeah, this is, we're not, we're not drinking the Kool-Aid, you guys. We're just trying to learn more. And as a paranormal researcher, I find it very important to be, uh, skeptical and science based, but also to be open minded because if you're too into all this, you're biased, um, by your own, uh, beliefs. And then if you're completely and totally skeptical to the point of cynical, um, you're gonna miss evidence and you're not mm-hmm. gonna see things that are right in front of you. And who's to say that ghosts don't sense that shit?
1: Yeah.
0: So they might sense it and go, well, I'm gonna show this motherfucker. Or they sense your disbelief and they're like, I'm not dealing with this rude son of a gun. I'm just not going to show mm-hmm. myself tonight. Fuck it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but Yeah. It could be. Yeah. Well, there's some people that no matter what they would see or what they would experience, they're going to find some explanation for it, even if it doesn't make sense, because it makes sense to them because they are so not wanting to believe in anything. Well, yeah. they are fall for yeah, any
0: anything, any reasons like, ah, eh, good enough for me. And and well, and that really boils down to not only are there a lot of people in our world who um, are just naturally hateful and cynical um, and just don't want to believe because it's outrageous and it's silly, um, but also um, our culture as a whole, man, people are failing science courses out there. They are not scientifically... Literate, and so when I'm thinking about the dynamics of uh, energy, um, yeah, I, I really try to think about like waves and particles and uh, uh, ions um, and the way protons behave, um, because uh, you know, because like I said on the previous episode, magnets are stored energy um, because of the way they align the metals, the uh, the magnet. Magnetic parts of the magnesium inside of the magnets, hence the word magnet, magnesium. Oh, imagine that. (laughs) Uh, But that's, you know, I think about those things and I think about energy and how it um, dissipates and how it uh, peaks and wanes and how there's different types. Um, There's stored energy, there's energy that can linger um, and how running water or kinetic energy can create uh, energy. That's why, you know, like, a thunderstorm can, or or lightning, can create more paranormal activity. Although it tends to ruin your EVPs, it can mm-hmm. create uh, <clears throat> uh, 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 more electric uh, um, energy for these ghosts to um, to show themselves. You know, mm-hmm. because perhaps they're living on a very, very, very weak plane, and uh, or maybe we maybe it's a like like uh, maybe it's just a thin veil between worlds. It's hard to say. Yeah. And that's why we explore this stuff.
1: Yep. And we'll get more
0: into it as we go. But, uh, baby. Yes. You got anything else for us? What what do you think? What are your final freaking thoughts?
1: My final thoughts? Um, I am like you. I'm a soft believer. And I'm very open to things. I've never experienced a major thing. I've had little Mm -hmm. things happen here and there. But definitely a soft believer. Definitely open to it. I'm fascinated. I love watching it. I love experiencing it.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. want ghosts in my home.
1: No, because no.
0: I like to know that there's not going to be some face in my shower. <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, I don't think my heart could take it. But yeah, yeah. I, I'm. <clears throat> I I find it fascinating. Um, I find it thrilling. I find it fun, and that's why Hollywood parodies it because it's a lot of fun. Um, but yes, it's very easy in our culture to be a non-believer because. Uh, there's a lot of things in Hollywood and television that are giving real science and real thought a bad name. And so, um, give Dan Aykroyd a break, you guys. Um, you know, uh, do you really want to live in a world just full of Target and Kmart and nothing? No,
1: there's uh, no Kmart anymore. Oh yeah. Kmart it- Ghost of Kmart. K- ghost Mart of Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Kmart. Kmart ghost. Probably lives in Sears. <laughs>
0: oh gosh. But anyways, um, that's really all we have for today, you guys. Um, I want to thank Rebecca again. Thank you so much for helping me on this uh rainy October oh, November. It is rainy Saturday November night. day in the Pacific Northwest.
1: My favorite kind
0: of day. Yep, exactly right. And uh we just want to thank you guys. Um keep an open mind but not so open that your brain falls out and um please 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 um spread the word. Um we are not just about the paranormal. <clears throat> we are also about uh, uh uh teaching people about what it means to be an empath and how to traverse this unusual world. Um uh, that Frankly, uh, you know, is mean and cruel and rude and stupid and idiotic and all those things, but it can also be gorgeous and beautiful. And so embrace your uh, tender sensibilities, embrace your artistic side, brace your creativity, and uh, don't let this world push you around. God damn it. Those people out there don't, those people out there are miserable and that's why they push it on you. Miserable. People push their misery on others, and as an empath, I sense it. So don't let people do that. And that's that's my two cents for the day. Gosh darn it!
1: It's a good two cents. Thank you. I agree.
0: Maybe worth five cents even.
1: Maybe Might, yeah.
0: Seven cents. Could be. Maybe six cents. <laughs> okay guys that's my final episode for this week we will have two more for you next week uh please join me on my social media uh platforms i'm on instagram facebook and twitter at chef Bride comedy or you can simply search surviving empathy podcast on google or ask jeeves or anywhere you <laughs> <laughs> is that still real i, I don't... do not know um <laughs> But anywhere, you guys, just, you'll find me. Believe me, I'm out there. Um, but if you guys have any questions, please come on over, message me. Um, if you're too shy, uh, to, to write on my wall, write in my, uh, private box, my private messenger box. It's fine. Um, I am an open book. I am here for you guys. I'm here for pass I am here to, um, solve mysteries just like the Scooby-Doo gang. And, uh, oh, and, 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 uh, I also want to give you guys Rebecca's, uh, Instagram. It's at, Spooky, nerdy gal. And you can look at her cute ass pictures of her Jack Skellington dress. Adorable. Thanks, baby. Yes, of course. Anyways, thank you guys for joining me. And, um, if you want to continue the discussion, get a hold of us, uh, be a part of our tribe. We're the empath tribe where we're always trying to, um, learn and grow and uh, embrace our our uh, forward-thinking sensibilities. We're trying to squash regressivism in its tracks. And it's not about hate. It's not about hurting others that are different from us. It's about trying to squash mentalities that aren't moving forward. That's what it's about, you guys. So thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, you guys. Thank you.